Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Late Night Radio on the SHR Media Network. Caution, there will be mature themes explored and potentially adult language used. If conservatarian words, phrases, certain concepts, or rhetoric offends you, tune out now. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Truly. Hey, guess what day it is? Oh, come on. I know you can hear me. Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> you magnificent bastard. I read your book. I drink your milkshake. How dare you? I call that bold talk for a one-eyed fat man. Fill your hand, you son of a bitch. Of course you realize this means war. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Well, this is going to be interesting. Happens to be Thursday night, and I'm getting some over-the-top. See, this is a new microphone tonight, and I'm I'm curious to see how it sounds. Now, I bought this mic thinking that it might be a replacement for the one that I've got, and the one that I have here which you can see basically, is an Electra Voice RE20. This is an Electra Voice RE520. And I thought, okay, I'm, I'm kind of a, I, I'm kind of into mic porn. So I got a really good deal on this. So I'm, I'm curious if you guys notice any difference. Push this out of the way. 
between the old mic and this one, because in my headset, I can hear a difference. And I just don't know if you guys can. So welcome already to... Too hot? <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Sean just came in and said, Dude, turn down the mic. It's way, way hot. Okay. Well, this this is a condenser mic, which and it's it's really sensitive, so that might be one of the reasons that I am really overmodulating. Because boy, was it clipping there for a second. Uh, it looks like I missed my intro, <laughs> but that's okay because you guys have heard the intro a thousand times before. Now, customarily. I would go into the show immediately, but I'm already a little hesitant, and I'm curious in chat, can anybody tell the difference in chat between the old microphone and the new microphone? And the reason I say that is because in my headphones, you got to remember, I'm a, a, a large percentile deaf. In my headphones, they're fuzzy. And they're, they're, I'm, I'm over-modulating, and I'm clipping a little bit in my headphones. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're hearing the same thing. Okay, Sergeant Booker said, I hear a difference on the speaker feed. Kind of muffled or buzzy. Okay, all right, that's what I'm hearing too. All right, so what we're going to do tonight is this. For the first half hour... I'm just going to use this microphone because it would take too long for me to go in and unplug it and plug into my uh, RE20, which I, I do like. Hey, this was an experiment, okay? It was an experiment. Tonight we have, and I'm waiting a little bit because Ken McClinton is just coming off of his show in D.C. So tonight, for the first hour, we're going to be talking to Ken McClinton and we decided last week, hey, why don't we do a show, a real eclectic kind of show on stuff that we customarily don't do at all. And it's going to be on pets and UFOs. Now, you have heard me speak before about UFOs. I have never, I, I never knew that Ken McClinton was remotely interested in UFOs. Hey, welcome to uh, Mike in chat, to Sergeant Booker in chat, to the Alaskan in chat, Whiskey Dale in chat, Dave Milner in chat, and two, count them, two viewers in chat. So, uh, let's see who I happen to have here. Uh, who happens to be on this line, private caller? Uh, Ken McClinton from the Exceptional Conservative Show. Oh, perfect. You're coming in the line that I didn't expect you to come in on, but that's okay. So I knew, Ken, that you were going to have to wrap up your show a bit, and I knew it was going to be a couple of minutes uh, before you were available here. Are you all wrapped up in stuff? All, all wrapped up. All wrapped up indeed. Uh, I'm waiting for Mrs. Biggs to find me, Jacob, uh, who is trying to waddle out of his contractual agreement with you to appear on tonight's show. Yeah, now, folks, that was kind of a weird thing in and of itself. 
but but I got to go into a little bit of background for this. And the background is, for whatever reason, uh, BZ, uh, Dave says, BZ, you're definitely clipping a bit, but not much buzz. Okay, well, I'm going to ch- change microphones at the bottom of the hour because I've decided I don't really care up care for this one that much. So anyway, I did not know. I, I'm trying a new mic out tonight, Ken, and I've decided that I don't like it. But yeah. that's just me. Um, I did not know that Ken McClinton was a possible UFO devotee until about three weeks ago. When, when See, I appear on Ken's show every Monday night uh, for about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, a half hour, something like that, whatever time he has. We talk about politics. His job is to get me to stick to the topic that he has chosen. My job is to make sure that I don't stick to the topic that he has chosen. And we have fun. Witty repartee flies back and forth. Alcohol may or may not be involved. In any event, we have a great time. But I had no idea that Ken was involved in UFOs until Ken sent me a message and said, tonight, let's talk about UFOs. And I I couldn't make it that night. So that was all on me. So I did not know, Ken, that you had any interest whatsoever in UFOs. Where the hell did that come from? Well, you know, I'm a geek. Uh, And so when I was younger, I I heard uh, about the concept of uh, unidentified flying objects. Okay. uh, Aliens from uh, other places uh, and their interest in the in the um, in Earth. Uh, per se, although I never completely, uh, I just, I'm not logically assigned to it. Let me just say that. But I find it a, a curiosity of great interest uh, because there's unexplainable phenomena that occurs uh, around the world. Uh, things that you know that you cannot literally explain. Uh, and it started when I was studying uh, the Hebrew uh, about uh, Moses liberating uh, the Hebrews uh, and the Egyptians into the desert to go into Israel. Uh, and there was a conversation in children's Bible study. Now, I couldn't have been more than about eight years old, but the whole idea that aliens came to the, to the country of Egypt uh, and help the Egyptians design the pyramid. Now, I quickly refuted that. That's nonsense. It's no, they weren't mentioned in the Bible. But one of the things that I determined over the years in terms of reading the Bible is that God created humans for the earth. But there is such room left over in the fact of Genesis, uh, that he created the heavens and the earth, meaning everything he created on the earth was focused for the earth. But there is no absolute regarding the universe. So there could be life beyond uh, this blue planet, big blue planet. Uh, I'm not saying, uh, and I want to clarify something, because a lot of people who are Christians would say, well, doesn't that mean that God lied? 
Uh, no, it does not mean that God lied. It just basically means that the focus of the biblical text is for the earth and God's interest in humanity. Uh, he, he created the heavens and the earth, meaning focus on the earth. Heaven, and there are three different heavens per se, there's the, the earth's atmosphere, then there's outer space, and then there's heaven where God is located. There's a lot of room for possibilities and probabilities that does not make God a liar, does not make you less Christian, and actually opens your horizons to uh, true science uh, as it is ob objective viewing of God's handiwork in all of the universe. I would tend to, Ken McClinton, I, I would tend to agree with that, and one of the major reasons is that in many instances, I do not believe that science and religion must be mutually exclusive. If something yeah. was created, if something exists on this planet that is natural, well, I believe myself that it, it came from God, our rights as humans come from God, and that, as you already pointed out, the heavens are endless, and I don't see a conflict there with thinking that in all of those stars, when you look up at night, you can't help but wonder if there's something up there. Now, folks, yeah. we're talking to Ken McClinton. Ken is... Uh, on TECN-TV. Now, before we go further, I must be the ever-ebullient host and say something very similar to, Ken, can you tell folks about your TV show, when it's aired, how many times it's aired, and where can people find it, please? Well, I happen to be the president and owner of TECN-TV, uh, a growing urban conservative uh, news and television and movie network in Washington, D.C. Uh, we've been in operation for over four years now. I've been on the air for nearly 10 years uh, with the Exceptional Conservative Show, uh, and you can find us at TECNTV.com. Uh, I've always had this particular mission of spreading the good news of conservatism to urban America, and I like to take some notoriety and credit that the work that we've done in marketing and, and preaching that good news night in and night out, Monday through Friday for, at 9 p.m., uh, has had some impact on urban America to such things as the walk away and the Brexit movement and so on. Um, because we finally have individual conservatives uh, of color and not of color uh, who were able to speak to five different things at once. Christianity, conservatism, constitutionalism, uh, capitalism, and individual sovereignty. And in those five things, you will find the unique blessings of God of what liberty and freedom are all about. It is the free will to accept God's handiwork in our lives. Uh, and so we've been on the air. We've been heard on all seven continents. Uh, and I'm looking forward to more and more and bigger and better as we go along. Mrs. Big is escorting into the room at this very moment. Uh, Jason, uh, the cat that we had stopped is, don't run for me. Don't run for me. You know you're on the contract. <laughs> uh, Jacob, uh, who 
we adopted uh, just, what, two weeks ago? We adopted him from the uh, Bourbon County, Kentucky Rescue uh, Mission uh, in Paris, Kentucky. Uh, the This Maine Coon cat, and let me switch the camera too so that you'll get a larger view of the cat. This Maine Coon cat uh, we adopted was about four, four and a half pounds when we adopted uh, him. Um, and he was malnourished and dehydrated. Well, he's been to the vet and uh, we've been taking good care of him for the past two weeks. In fact, we changed him from a diet of fancy feet uh, and farina to eating real food. Uh, actually, jumbo shrimp, uh, perch, salmon. Right. Uh, and, Lobster. You know, real good. Uh, I'm sorry? Lobster, scallops. Lobster. Caviar. Yeah. All of exactly. the all of the nutrients that cats normally leave need. It, here's the thing, though. Um, I was going to ask Ken and folks were listening to Ken McClinton of TECN TV, owner, etc. of TECN. He was actually here on SHR at one point. So Ken yes. spread his wings and is in charge of his own uh, TV show and TV industry in D.C. But this show in the first hour almost didn't happen. Now, we started negotiations earlier last week. Um, it's I, Jacob broke with negotiations. Um, both you and I asked if he was happy with the ne- negotiations. And I think you, you told me he continued to stare out the window and he, he wouldn't comment about it. So yeah. um, he gave, again, no comment. We asked if... Uh, if he was going to get a bucket of jumbo shrimp in which, in annoyance, he left the window and returned to the negotiations. So we continued the negotiations. We met his demands, and that's how Ken is here with Jacob tonight. So we first thought, because I can tell you right now, Ken really loves this cat. So, And we thought, okay, this is a perfect time because... On our side, the BZ family had three elderly dogs pass away in succession between Christmas of last year, 2019, and April of 2020. Dog died, dog died, dog died. And that was a major bummer. We have since acquired one dog who is absolutely incredible these these were all rescues all the dogs that that we had were rescues the newest one is a rescue and then last week we got a new rescue and and now we're back to two and that's where we've decided we're going to stop so ken after i've said that i gotta ask this have you ever had a cat before because you look like you are really enamored with jacob I, I love Jacob. I really do. Jacob has a lot of my personality traits. I don't know how it happens, but he really does. A uh, very persnickety little creature. Um, but I, I had cats and I had dogs in my youth, uh, living with my parents. But in my adult life, I never had a dog or a cat on my own, and it was because of my career. 
uh, and I just couldn't fathom taking care. I, I took care of children, but I couldn't fathom taking care of a pet as well. Um, you know, they require so much attention. Yep. Um, but now that Biggs and I have reached that time period where we don't have children in our lives and we have a little bit more time, uh, I needed to get a, uh, a pet that, you know, I could share some time with when Mrs. Biggs doesn't want to be around me which is about 80% of the time. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> after 20 years of marriage, you understand. Uh, so, uh, uh, Jacob came into our life, um, and I have been accused of treating Jacob better than my missus, uh, especially since I, tonight he has surf and turf uh, along with carrots uh, for his dinner. Uh, uh, yeah. And it, it was really that wasn't the problem, uh, BZ. The problem was when I broke open the champagne uh, and then the caviar. See, that was maybe a little bit excessive. So uh, you think you think maybe just slightly? No, I don't, because the other thing that I bet occurred is that your your 2020 Rolls Royce is getting a little old. My guess would be that you pulled down the trays. Uh, in the back seat, and that's where you served Jacob, especially the caviar, because what goes better than serving caviar in the back of a, Rolls, a 2020 Rolls-Royce Phantom? And, and I submit, not much. But, not uh, much. Yeah. But I, this... I have to take it back. I have to take that car back, um, the gold Rolls-Royce. As you can tell with my cat, I really love gold. Um and I encourage you all, with all the things going on around the world, please invest in gold. Get some gold in your portfolio. Uh, but um, I, I chose that gold Rolls Royce, uh, and uh, I found a penny, a copper penny, on the floor. I can't, I, I, I can't, I, I, I just can't do it anymore. DZ, I, I got to take that car back now. I know. Copper penny on the floor. Oh, my gosh. That should, a, a lowly copper penny and a Rolls Royce should never come in contact with each other. It's too low. It's too, eh. It's just, that's so far beneath you, Ken. It, it really uh, is. It is. It really is. BZ, you know, as I listen to your shows and watch you uh, on, on SHR Media, and you come on on a Monday night with me uh, every week nearly uh, to uh, provide me great consternation in terms of how to get you to talk about politics. Right, right. That's my job. That's true. It's my job. It's my job, man. I I have really found a great foundness of you. We we share a great deal, uh, and our love for animals is one of those particular things. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm a very peaceable person, even though I don't look it. Uh, I, I, I love my my time with my cat, um, Jacob, and I recommend highly that if you do have time in, in, in your life and you're no longer traveling as much as you used to, uh, a cat or a dog is a wonderful, wonderful treat. Absolutely. You get more out of it than they do. That's very true. Uh, I was raised in Sacramento. My mom, see, everybody knows that 
there are cat people and there are dog people. Mostly cat and dog people don't mix. Cat people don't have a bunch of cats and then they throw in a dog. Or dog people don't have a bunch of dogs and then they throw in a cat. That generally doesn't happen. So when I was being raised, we always had a cat in the BZ household. And so I got used Mm -hmm. to cats. And cats, unfortunately, just be by their very nature, for a while I was blowing through cats like... Every two years or so, because any okay, I gotta I gotta tell a story. <clears throat> uh, when I just started for the the sheriff's department, and I was in a uh, duplex across the street from this duplex within the city of Sacramento limits was a house being built, and the guy that worked construction that went there every day had an old beat up cop car. He had an old black and white Dodge Polara, all beat up. And my cat, named Holmes, hey Holmes, disappeared one day. And we looked high and low. I was married at the time. We couldn't find the damn cat. And this was a cat that was a homebody. If you opened a can of cat food, that cat could hear it within a quarter mile and would show up at the door or all all of a sudden materialize, like beamed in from some planet into the kitchen. So to not have the cat around for chow time was highly unusual. So we missed him for two days. The third day, we were really concerned. We thought, well, screw it. The cat's gone. The the cat is just gone. So I went outside to go to work. Luckily, it wasn't raining. It was a clear day. And for the hell of it, because I'd done it every other day prior, I, I said, Holmes, here, Holmes, Holmes, kitty, kitty, kitty. The cop car across the street meowed at me. So what we discovered is that cat had been stuck in the fender well of a 1973 Dodge Polara for three days and couldn't get out. So we extracted the cat and that cat lived. But I've had absolutely a ton of cats until... I decided that I was going to go into the canine unit in the sheriff's department. And I couldn't afford a dog, and I was given a dog, Aaron, to train. And this was an older dog, about seven or eight years old, which is really old, actually, for a, a canine. Talk about a motivated dog. The dog was trained Schutzend. So that's how I kind of got introduced into dogs a little bit. But I was still a cat person because... Well, let me ask you, Ken, why is it that that you chose a cat instead of a dog? Because I'm guessing that's an active choice you made. Yeah, I did. Um, I, I, a dog requires more attention than a cat, Yep. number one. Yep. Uh, number two, cats are much more clean uh, than a dog. Uh, there's a lot of work that you have to go behind on a dog with. Uh, and, and then number three, it's easier to travel with a cat than it is with a dog. At, at least that's what I found over the years. A lot of people would say, you know, rubbish. That's not true. Uh, but I, I found when I was driving back from Frederick, Maryland, from where we adopted the cat, uh, and they came up to Frederick, Maryland, from Paris, Kentucky, to do a special meet and greet for the cats that they had and dogs that they have, and they're trying to uh, have adopted. Uh, the, 
chat was absolutely quiet for the whole trip, the entire trip. I couldn't imagine that happening with the dog. Uh, the other great thing uh, is that the Maine Coon Cat is one of the best mousers uh, in the world. It is one of the most intelligent cats in the world, and it will grow to about four feet in length and weigh about 30 to 35 pounds at, at its adult level. Uh, which is why we were uniquely concerned about malnourishment and dehydration for this particular uh, cat. Um, in the District of Columbia, urban area like this, uh, let me just say, uh, I, I know a lot of people go around thinking I should never tell people we have roaches or rats or anything in our neighborhood. Uh, that is declaratively unrealistic. You're going to have insects, you're going to have pests, uh, and one of the best ways of dealing with uh, mice is to have a cat like this one, which is one of the best mouses in the world. So that's one of the other reasons why we wanted to get this particular uh, breed of cat, a Maine Coon cat, which I know that you can't say because you're white. Right. I, I, I say Maine Sea Cat. That's right. That's right. A Maine Coon cat is probably one of the, it is a gentle giant, this is, but it's also so smart. Oh my God, this cat is so brilliant. Uh, and it's now walking away. It has done its cameo. Thank you so much. No, you're not getting on the computer. No, thank you. No more looking at the triple uh, X kitties. No, we're not doing that anymore. <laughs> I used to have a cat that would walk across the keyboard and I'd be trying to write a blog post, and all of a sudden my blog post said, as the cat walked uh, all across the keyboard. Did you go to Kentucky, all the way to Kentucky, to get that cat? No, no, actually we went to Frederick, Maryland, because the people from Bourbon County uh, Rescue, and I get paid every time I say Bourbon County Rescue. No, I, no, I don't. But. Okay, all right, here, you just got paid. I'll, I'll do that every time you say it. Uh, so they come up from Paris, Kentucky. Uh, to what, a what county? Pet. What county did they come from? Uh, from city, the city of Paris, Kentucky. Okay, uh, but Paris. something county you mentioned? Uh, Bourbon County. Okay, Bourbon County. okay, all right, good. Yeah. Thank you very much. Uh, and that you know, county is known for bourbon. Did you know that? No. Bourbon County? No. I learned something. <laughs> No, actually, it's known for vodka. No, uh, it <laughs> should County. be. So they, they drive up from Bourbon County. They do this every two weeks for the excess strays that they have. Uh, and they bring them. Otherwise, if they take them back, they have to euthanize them. Um, so Ew. they try to match them uh, because these cats have been there for a little while and they, they can't stay uh, otherwise. Uh, so. Actually, this cat was brought to Bourbon County Rescue. Uh, oh, wait, wait, King. Wait. Bourbon County. <laughs> uh, on the 29th of September, which was my birthday. Oh, happy birthday. And, uh, oh. Thank you very much. And, and, and thank you very much. Uh, I'm expecting no gift. Uh, <laughs> What do you get a guy that has a Rolls Royce Phantom? You get him a 2021 Rolls Royce Phantom. That's what you do. Oh, no, you throw a copper penny in his car. Yeah, then he has uh, to get the new car. Yeah. 
So uh, we drove over to Frederick, Maryland, where at the PetSmart, they come into the parking lot with all of their excess dogs and cats. And I was looking at a Maine Coon cat, uh, and I was looking for uh, a cat named Charlie. And I was told the day before I was to arrive for the cat, uh, Charlie has been adopted. But we got another cat for you. We'll name it. We named him Dodge. He'll be great for you. And then the person hung up with me. I, I was like, Oh no, I don't. I don't know. I was fell in love with Charlie. Charlie looks like a muscle bound uh, feline. Uh, notice how police stations don't have a feline department. Yeah, they do have a canine. Yeah, that's true. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, but uh, nevertheless, um, we drove from Washington D.C. to Frederick, Maryland. We looked at Jacob. Uh, and we knew Jacob was the one we were going to bring home. Uh, and it was love at first bite because I think the cat was trying to bite me. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and he hugged, he, this is how we knew he was ours. He jumped, he figured out a way to jump out of the casing that he was in, uh, in the back seat to slide underneath the car and he would not move. We were trying to move the seat up. Every time we moved the seat up, he walked up, crawled up, and every time we moved the seat back, he crawled back. So we knew this cat is pretty doggone smart, <laughs> and this is the kind of cat we want. Uh, so we fell in love with um, Dodge instantly, and I told Mrs. Big, you're going to have to name the cat. Uh, that's not going to be my job. It's your job. Name the cat. And we went through a lot. Caleb was one. Oscar was another one. But those names just didn't fit. I said, well, pray overnight. And when you wake up in the morning, first thing you do, tell me what the name of the cat is. She woke up the next morning. Jacob is the name of the cat. And so we've been happy with Jacob ever since. Uh, and we encourage everyone out there to spade or neuter your cat and dog. Whatever you do, do that. Uh, once you, if you're not greeting them, do that. But also take very good care of your cats and dogs. And if during this pandemic, a lot of people focus on the food bank, uh, but they forget that a lot of people have cats and dogs. Sometimes if you can take to the food bank dog food or cat food, uh, because they would love to be able to feed their animals this time of year as well, or any time of the year, um, which is what we're going to do in a few weeks with the excess cat food that Jacob has decided he's not going to eat anymore. Um, so uh, that's where I am with, with Jacob at this particular I'm, I'm telling you, it is, I never thought I could be this. I'm not that guy. You know what I'm saying? I, no, I'm, I get I'm, it. I get it. But I could tell immediately from listening to you and watching your show um, two weeks ago, I watched your show and I, I'm looking at Jacob and he's, he's on TV right behind you. And the way you're talking about him, I could tell that cat has really wound itself around your heart. I could tell. Yeah. Uh, and I'm telling you, Jacob is such a beauty, such a benevolent beauty. Uh, we got into a fight today because I gave him cat food, uh, and he had gotten used to eating jumbo shrimp. So he actually, he actually threw a tantrum, a protest. He sat two feet away from the bowl 
of cat food and refused to eat it at all. Uh, and he waited because we feed this, we, we feed this cat four times a day, and it was because of the malnutrition. We'll change that over time. Um, but we feed Jacob four times a day, and, and that's to build his immunity and build his strength up. Uh, and he had gotten used to the lifestyle, the salmon, the – and he looked at me like, dude, man, what the hell? What is this? <laughs> if we, I can do bad by myself, I don't want this lifestyle. And, and so he stared at that bowl for hours on end, and he waited until the 7 o'clock feeding, and he followed me down the stairs because he knew what was coming – jumbo shrimp, and we added uh, some steak for him, uh, and as well, uh, some melon, uh, some carrot, and also some beef broth. Uh, and so he ate like he was at the all-you-can-eat buffet, and just, I mean, he just really enjoyed himself. And then you see him like 15 minutes after he's eaten, and he's over the corner slouched with legs up in the air talking about, I don't know if I can go on tonight. What the hell? <laughs> That's right. That's right. And and where's my cigar clipper? And do you have my lighter? Can you light my cigar for me, pretty please? Uh, you want me to work around here? Is that what you're saying? You want me to work around is, here? Is that what you want? Uh, I, okay. I'm not going to do the whole show. I'm just going to do a cameo. Okay, Ken? Yeah, yeah I'll do but it. I'm ready to go do it now. <laughs> the uh, the thing I know about Maine sea cats is that they get to be really really huge, and I've only seen one before that uh, my ex girlfriend, her family had one, and like you say, I don't know, folks, I don't know if you've ever seen a Maine sea cat. When grown, these things are huge. They make you think that unless you ride on top of them, they can damn near be as big as a as kind of a, a medium to small size bobcat. The other thing yeah. is they can be kind of furry, kind of hairy. And the other the other part of it is, does your cat, does Jacob have little tufts, little tufts yeah. on the end of his his ears like a bobcat? Yeah. And, and you know, this is how you recognize that the pure breed. Uh, it's not cross. Uh, and one of the things uh, I, I was telling Mrs. Big earlier this week, do you know what a deal we got? Because our kitty is five is five months old at the end of this month. Um, he'll be six months old. But he's already the size of an American, an adult American short hair. He's already almost two feet long. Uh, so he should be at about eight to ten pounds by now. That's why we're trying to get him up over eight pounds in, in the next few weeks. Um, but literally, he's as big as an adult short hair American cat. And he, by his by his size right now, we're expecting him. He stood up. Uh, forgive me. I got to tell this story real quick. Okay. Uh, we were getting his food together on the first night that he was with us and he stood up on my leg and his paws already touched near my thigh. This is how big this cat is right now. And I'm five foot four. 
Uh, I'm not a big man, but certainly uh, when this cat is able to stretch up to nearly my thigh, uh, this cat is going to be huge. Uh, and it is known as the gentle giant in all the world with all of its fluffiness. As I was, I digress back to the story I was telling, I was telling Mrs. Big, do you know how much a purebred Maine Coon cat is? And because we spent $150 for the adoption process, not including all the I looked at one one time because I was actually interested in getting a purebred, and yeah. I saw that they ranged, um, I don't know what they are now, but then, even back then, I don't know, 20 years ago, they were ranging from four to $500 to $600 to $700 for a kitten. Yeah. Right now, a kitten ranges anywhere between 1500 and $2,000. I don't doubt it. It is a beautiful investment. I recommend it highly. Get yourself a Maine Coon Cat uh, and go to Bourbon County Rescue uh, in Paris, Kentucky. Uh, Charlie and Elaine Spirit uh, are the owners of that Bourbon County Rescue in Bourbon County. Oh, wait. Did you mean in Bourbon County? Okay. All right. I just wanted to make sure that, that that's the county that you were talking about. In chat, we've got a ton of people. Oh, you know what I didn't do? I'm just having such a good time talking to Ken that I forgot to tell everybody about this. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Yeah, so that's where we are. So much for the promos. It's my damn show. Folks in yeah. chat... Mike is in chat. Sergeant Booker's in chat. Jack is in chat. The Alaskan is in chat. Jay. Jay. Yeah. Jay Milner is in chat. He's the brother of Dave Milner. Dave Milner, the unpleasant blind guy. And then his brother. Oh, look, there's Dave, too. Dave just jumped into chat. So we have the brothers Jay Milner and Dave Milner are both in chat. And Simone is in chat and two viewers are in chat. So thanks for everybody being here. And I've got uh, one, two, three, four. A bunch of viewers in Facebook, but I can't see Facebook right now. I got a ton of viewers there, but I can't see who is actually there at the point. Uh, I got a question for you. Do you know, Ken, why? why, Now, let me ask you this. Does Jacob do the paw thing where he kneads at you and he squeezes and he comes up to you and his little paws do the kneading thing on your skin or maybe on your back? Maybe you can teach him to give you a back rub. Does Jacob do that yet? Uh, no. Actually, Jacob will announce to us when he wants us to pick him up uh, and maintain his fur, uh, to comb his hair, to straighten him up, to give him his medicine, uh, to make sure that he's strong. And when he has finished, he will acknowledge us with a nod of his head, <laughs> and he will go about it. Uh, it is easy to Jacob. Jacob is a... Very good boss. I like Jacob. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he is the boss of the house. Do you, the reason yes. that they need is because when they're little bitty baby kittens, they do that to the mom, and that stimulates the flow of milk, and the cats that do that get more milk. So if they end up doing it to you, essentially what it is, maybe they don't necessarily want milk out of you, but it is a compliment so you might want to talk with Jacob about that as his his real needs are and what it what it really means. Then oh, is that 
is that the reason I had to change my T-shirts three or four times a day? Is that it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, because if, if he's not kneading your flesh like bread and he ends up, well, number one, I don't know if you folks know this, if you've ever had kittens before, cats' claws are, are pretty sharp. Kittens' yeah. claws, kittens' claws are like samurai swords. They yeah. are the sharpest things you can think of. Oh my God, they're sharp. And, and I must tell you, the Maine Coon cat, if you think the average cat, theirs is sharp. Think machete. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. Boy. Yeah. I mean, really. They're just playing with you, and they snap at you with their claw, and it, like, goes into your skin through your genes. That's how sharp the Maine Coon cat's claw. So that's why you know that they're great mousers, uh, and they're great animals to play with as well, uh, because they will tell you when they want you around, and when they don't, they will beckon you away, shoo you away, shoo, 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 shoo. Go away now. Now, if you're if you're if you have not yet wound your way into your cat's heart, I'm going to give you a way to do that. The next time you're looking eye to eyeball with Jacob, do this: give the cat a slow blink. And I don't know if Jacob has ever done this to you. Give him a slow blink. What that means is it's kind of like a cat kiss, and it means from you. To him, it means, I love you. I'm the human, and I'm telling you that I like that. But cats avoid eye contact when they're afraid or they're threatened or, you know, somebody's being aggressive to them. The slow blink thing is a demonstration of eye contact without staring, and a lot of people have interpreted that as a sign of relaxation and trust. So if Jacob gives you the slow blink, that's he feels relaxed and comfortable around you. Wow. I learned that I a long time ago. I will definitely try that. Uh, already, Jacob, I've been told by Mrs. Big, uh, has had the pleasure of sitting on my stomach while I snored. Uh, <laughs> he rode me like I was an amusement park ride. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> there I, you go. I, I don't want to. Ken McClinton is very, very humble. And I didn't want to say anything then at the time. You mentioned that you're 5'4. I met Ken McClinton, folks, in, in 2016 or 2017, one of the two. And Ken really is he's very imposing he's six foot four he doesn't want to say that he has kind of a difficult time folding himself into his rolls royce phantom but he does it anyway but i I, i'm just establishing the humility of a really great man who is in dc and then goes out of his way to adopt a cat folks uh, like ken says adopt cats adopt dogs my wife mrs bz has always had dogs and the three dogs that passed away between Christmas and April, they were all rescues. And and we yeah. know we know that we gave them as good a life as they could have had 
because they were set to either be extinguished or who knows where they would have gone. We have two dogs now that, and and this is me saying, yeah, I was a cat person and I worked canine for a little bit, but, and then after that, I, I got more cats, but if there's ever a dog or now two dogs who have wound their way into my heart, oh my gosh, it's these two dogs. We've got a female that's probably about three years old, maybe two and a half, three years old. And she's kind of a black and white, corgi, low to the ground, short-legged kind of unit with really big ears that stand up straight and a little whippy tail. The newest guy, you'll like this, his name is Jake. We got him about a week ago, and it looks like he's kind of Jack Russell something. Uh, We don't know where he came from. No one knows anything where he came from. And the cool thing about rescues is when, when you rescue them, they tend to be really, really grateful. And the other thing yeah. is that I discovered is like a cat, dogs, when, when you think you're rescuing them, what you end up discovering frequently is they end up rescuing, rescuing you yeah. at a time when maybe you didn't quite know that you needed that. You know, it is really challenging doing what we do. A lot of people think that we do it for shits and giggles and, you know, we get well paid for this, but we really don't. Um, We struggle, uh, at least I do, with a network and trying to get that vision and mission out about the network across the world uh, and then focus on doing my own show and doing some other things in business. Uh, And... My wife is great, but also her career is tiring for her as a teacher, and sometimes she needs a spot. I'm telling you, those moments where you are stroking Jacob, and Jacob is just looking up at you, and you're not saying anything to Jacob, and Jacob's not saying anything to you, but it's kind of like, yeah, man, I know how you feel it. It's going to be all right. You know, it's a good feeling when you have that companionship and often that's missing uh, in society, especially in society where you're told that you have to wear a mask yeah. and stay six feet. Um, I, I just want to say one other quick thing regarding pets, because I've also found out how expensive pets are. Uh, and uh, his first visit to the vet uh, cost $307. Uh, and, and that was because you know, the the cat refused to do any porno shot. So, you know, if, if Jacob had just taken off his fur, we would not have had to spend any money at all. Yeah, um, see, uh, they can be finicky. Cats can be finicky. Uh-huh. So I would encourage everyone, if you're going to get a cat, make sure that you get pet health insurance for the cat. Um, it will help you in terms of affording the luxury of caring for God's great creature. It really would. Dog or cat, uh, either health insurance, or, and there's also 
uh, USO, uh, which we promote on our network as of today, uh, which is a cooperative, like a MediShare for cats and dogs. Um, and so uh, it's very inexpensive uh, and provides a great wealth of benefits uh, for you as well. But make certain that you protect yourself financially because the older they become, the more costly they become in terms of medical expenses and things of that nature. Um, animals add something to our lives. There have been a number of studies that have said uh, that that cats, dogs, pets uh, have a, a, a sort of a, a, a healing aspect and a calming aspect to humans if you've never had like ken has he knows this i've done this a ton of times myself when a cat parks itself on you for a while and you're just relaxing there really is nothing nicer when you have an animal a cat on or around you on your lap etc and the cat's purring yeah. Because that contentment that is being shown by the cat and contentment, you know, our dogs jump up on our laps, too. And we treat them like cats, for God's sake. But there's yeah. something really, I could even use the word maybe healing in terms of a strange animal who's not used to you or your family becoming a part of the family and then you win them over you can tell and when they drop their guard and they become comfortable with you and you believe that they're showing you that they feel safe with you that's a really nice feeling that's a special relationship between yourself and and an animal in the bed and sleep with you. Uh, it doesn't happen often, but um, when the cat jumps on the bed or jumps on you while you're sleeping, that is such a sense of security for that cat. That cat says that you have broken through all of the emotional abuse I've been through, all the physical abuse that I've been through, all the psychological abuse that I've been through. You've broken through all that. You have proven yourself as a guardian of my life. You provided for me. You protected me. Uh, you have done all that you possibly can do to make sure that I'm strong and healthy. And that pure that you're talking about, oh, my God, it, it just, it, it, it makes strong men like me feel weak. It really does. It really does. Here's two guys that last week decided we're going to do a show on pets. And I, I could, I could, the reason I wanted to do this is because I could tell that for the first time since I've seen Ken, he was really affected by this cat. And the curious thing about that is that at about the same time, maybe two or three weeks prior, we got a new dog into the household to try to replace the gap that was the spot that was missing that our prior dogs held. And it's just, it is a remarkable thing 
and a remarkable situation that there was there was an emptiness that we felt and my guess would be there was an emptiness that that you may have felt and it's filled with in your case a cat and in our case a couple of dogs and i have to say i was not a dog person i i would tell mrs bz uh, starting in about 2004 or so i i'd kind of go I, this was kind of snooty but i said it anyway i said look dogs are for people who need cheerleaders i don't need a damn cheerleader in my life dogs have owners and cats have staff and i would <laughs> and i would just as soon be staff to a cat because i i'm a, a solo kind of guy i'm not a big mixer i'm not a big socializer but these two dogs and especially the first one the the female they have wound their way into my heart in a way maybe it's 2020 i don't know in a way that few other no other dog has no other dog has wound their way around my heart like like that and this new dog jake has they are amazing little animals and the first one, Bella, the, the kind of corgi unit, low to the ground, yep. that's the smartest damn dog that I've seen. That dog is smarter than the German Shepherd I was training in the 80s. <laughs> and, and you know what I, what I love? Was it a male or a female German Shepherd? I was a male. It was a male. The female German Shepherds, if you're going to get a dog that's good with children um, as a protector, a German, a female German Shepherd is probably one of your better choices. But understand this, the female German Shepherd thinks you have hired it to become the mother, but you don't have any rights to spank your children. They will attack. <laughs> they definitely will. Yeah, this is my pack now. You, you may think that you kind of are the leader of the pack, but with the kids over there, I just am telling you right now, the leader of the pack happens to be me. I, I'm going to tell you, there, I am so glad we did this show because people have seen us over the years as hardcore, sometimes villainous to the left, uh, not taking uh, any prisoners. Uh, being very historic in our principles and our values and our expression. And it's not until you get to know somebody with their animal that you begin. And, and this is that vulnerability. You talk about the vulnerability of the animal. It's the vulnerability of the human to let you in on that world. That is a very special thing. And I'm so thankful for you allowing me into your world with Bella and Jake. Uh, and I know, likewise, uh, you entering our world with Jacob. Um, it, it, it is a very special bond between pet owners. And now I understand uh, in the fullness what it means when someone says, I've lost a family member and they're referring to their pet. I really do. We lucked out, Ken. Uh, we're going to have to wrap this up in about a minute, and I obviously want to thank you for being here. We're going to have to come back and talk about UFOs a little bit later. But I think we were blessed 
within the past month. I found a dog, and most recently, uh, about a week ago or so, another dog. They're unlike, well, I lucked out. I lucked out. My wife and I lucked out. They're the greatest, nicest dogs. They are completely unlike the prior three who had great lives. But these two have absolutely captured me, and I suspect Jacob has captured you. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, and I thank you, man. I love you dearly, and I, I'm going to encourage everyone out there. I know that people want to give gifts, um, but like BZ said, once you have one phantom, uh, why do you need another? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, get your get your loved one, uh, especially a young one, um, or even someone who's sitting at home alone. Uh, get them a cat or a dog, because there is a special bond in a relationship that's priceless. Uh, and you will probably edify that person more by giving them a cat or a dog than by any other means of giving them watches and, you know, Netflix and all the other crap. Uh, those material things aren't long-lasting, but the bond you have with your cat or dog is. Well, we lucked out, and I think you lucked out. So uh, before I go, Ken, tell folks where they can watch your show if they want to see Ken McClinton on TECN. Well, you can watch Jacob in the Fat Man uh, <laughs> <laughs> on the Exceptional Conservative Show on TECNTV.com, TECNTV.com. Uh, the Exceptional Conservative Show.com is also no place you can go. Um, but I'm on every night at 9 p.m. We have some great, great hosts on our program, including Pastor Greg Young uh, at 10 a.m., uh, Randy Turm uh, at 1 p.m., uh, also um, Pastor Mikhail Davis, or David Mikhail, forgive me, uh, at 3 p.m., uh, and as well, Susan, uh, oh, my God, I knew this was going to happen, uh, <laughs> Uh, who does her show on Tuesdays and Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Catch me back a little bit later when I can recover my mind, uh, like Joe Biden. Yeah, because it's it's only midnight right now on the East Coast, and that's where where Ken is. So, Ken, thank you very much for staying up way, way, way way late. By the way, Ken, did you know, you probably already know, Randy Perham is going to run for Congress in Texas. I hope so. That's the type of brother we need in Washington, D.C. I I Uh, had him on the show about six months ago. Randy just retired from the military. Talk about a squared away great guy who would make a great congressman from Texas. Oh, my God, would he be good. He definitely would be. That is a real man of God. He just recently became a pastor, too. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, Yep, man of great faith. Uh, great strength. And I, I want to tell you also, uh, uh, thank Mrs. BZ for me, uh, for allowing you to come in on Monday night, uh, because I, I know that you all enjoy going out to dinner together and sharing your relationship. Um, thank you for taking time out to come on to my program and just give the, the best commentary uh, that we could possibly have. 
uh, from west of the Mississippi. Well, that's very kind of you. Thank you very much, and I will let her know. that That's very kind of you. Thank you, Ken. You're welcome. God bless you, brother. All right, God bless you. Take care. Be safe. That's All right. Ken McClinton of TECN. And we will be right back after this with Carrie Baxter Donovan. That'll give me time to uh, spruce up, change hats. I already changed them. I don't know if you guys noticed or not, but surreptitiously, I already changed the microphone because I like this one better. I'll be right back after this brief word from our sponsors. Hello, sponsors. Conservative Thank Media you. done right. Thank you. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Thank you. Southern Sense is conservative talk with Annie, the radio chick you bellas as host and C.S. Bennett co-host. Informative, fun, irreverent, and politically incorrect. You never know where they'll go, but you'll love the journey. Annie is a top conservative host on Top Talk Radio and features some of the finest guests packed with important politicians and newsmakers. Listen every Friday, 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern, noon to 3 Pacific, on the SHR Media Network. Remember, Southern Sense is Common Sense. It's your business diva here, Melanie Collette. I am inviting you to a front row seat as I discuss some of the most intriguing details of wealth and finance with today's movers and shakers in the world of business. Listen in and discover financial truths on a global, domestic, and household scale. Uncover topics that will impact your wallet today and in the future. Money Talk with Melanie airs Monday through Friday, 5 p.m. East, 2 p.m. West, right here on SHR Media and High Plains Pundit Talk Radio. You can't afford to miss it. From a public locker inside a dilapidated Long Island rail station comes a show designed to piss off liberals using truth, facts, and ridicule. The Lid Radio Show, featuring the conservative voice from the People's Republic of New York. The Lid himself, Jeff Dummett. Tune in every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the SHR Media Network. Go to shrmedia.com and Lid Radio. We fight for the truth, justice, and a good kosher T-bone. If you don't listen, Hillary Clinton might sneak into your bedroom in her housecoat late at night and blame you for her election loss. It's the Lid Radio Show with Jeff Dunnett. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Good evening. Broadcasting behind enemy lines in occupied California, the bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon radio show is featured on the SHR Media Network every Tuesday and Thursday night for two hours at 11 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Pacific. Whilst manufacturers are running out of metal for the diapers of the leftists, BZ continues to radically change the world of leftists, one diaper at a time. Stop balancing your checkbooks. Stop cleaning your fish tanks. The bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show is your magnet for truth, justice, obesity, a darkened studio, and late-night freedom. No United States of America freedoms were abridged in the making of this ad. This is Shannon Wright. And this is Michael Wright. Reminding you to listen to The Right Way with Shannon and Mike. Every Monday through Thursday. 7 to 9 a.m. Right here on shrmedia.com. Join me, Jack Alexander, for the Jack Alexander Experiment Podcast. 
as I take a unique outsider's look at the issues affecting the USA. I fearlessly take on the issues that everyone else is too scared to touch. The Jack Alexander Experiment Podcast is available wherever good podcasts can be found, like Spreaker, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcast. The Jack Alexander Experiment, because it's not a matter of left versus right, it's a matter of right versus wrong. After six years covering terror and corruption, the Unpleasant Blind Guy is making a change. I'm Dave Milner. Join me on Spreaker and YouTube through SHR Media and on the Western Free Radio Network as I team up with Jeff Mitchell, host of the English Defense League radio show on blogtalkradio.com. Check show pages for airtimes. It's the Unpleasant Blind Guy. On EDL Radio, there's no surrender ever. Because truth is not always pleasant. Featuring the effervescent contrarian Sackheads Clint, plus the unrestrained bulbosity of BZ, the Sackheads Against Tyranny is a real chat show. Doubling your late-night conservative talk show pleasure with double the hosts, you can listen every Wednesday night at 8pm Pacific, 11pm Eastern. Please note, some contents may have settled during shipping. Member FDIC, batteries not included, warranty voided Montenegro. Conservative media done right. You're listening to the SHR Media Network. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon Radio Show, where we had on the first hour Ken McClinton. We ran out of time. Ken is from the East Coast. And we talked about pets. He has a new cat. We have a couple of new dogs. All rescue animals. We don't go for the the pro AKC or whatever the equivalent is for kitty cats. We rescue cats and we rescue dogs around here. And uh, we discovered and we spoke for the past hour about how special that is. And, And again, if my next guest wasn't here and it wasn't so important to talk to her, I would continue that with Ken. So let me just ask, Carrie Baxter Donovan, do you have a dog or a cat or a pet? I have a dog. I always have a dog. I uh, I always have one dog. Not, I shouldn't say multiple. Dogs, yes. Okay. I'm a dog lover. All righty. Ken, I, you probably didn't hear the show. Ken just got a new cat. And Ken is, oh, Ken right. McClinton is not yes. necessarily a, a cat guy. Well, he mm-hmm. got a rescued Maine Coon cat. And I don't yeah. know if you about Maine Coon cats. They get huge, huge. Oh, really? I've seen pictures on Facebook um, of his new cats. Yes. And this cat, this cat is four months old. It already has Ken wrapped around its finger. <laughs> right. And then That's going to happen. We had <laughs> ourselves, Mrs. BZ and I, we had at one point up until Christmas of last year, we had three elderly rescue dogs. One of them passed away Christmas 2019 and two others passed away one in February and, and one in April of this year. So we were left basically petless and oh, wow. uh, we got a couple of new rescue dogs. And what I oh, was saying is that the the new dog, which is kind of a corgi, low-to-the-ground kind of unit, about three years old or so, smart as hell. 
I think this dog will be uh, homeschooling all the kids on the street shortly. <laughs> what a dog. Awesome. We lucked out. We lucked out with that dog. And then we got another dog that was a rescue that was just found wandering, wandering around the street with a metal cup going clankety, clankety, clank, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. So we got that dog and we took him home. And uh, that, I have to say, both of those dogs, the, that's been a blessing for Ken. And mm-hmm. both of those dogs have been a, an absolute blessing uh, for us as well. But now it's time to get into politics. Mm-hmm. And Are you ready? Some, I, boy, I don't know. <laughs> it's but, taken an even bigger turn since I talked to you. So I, I, I'm you not know, sure. Let, let me start at the start. <laughs> Everybody okay. who's been listening to my show, Carrie has been on my show a number of times since I began in earnest in 2017, January of 2017. So three years of Carrie Baxter Donovan, and every time... She comes on. We have a great time, tons of great discussions, and I have called her since 2017 my ECPG, which is the East Coast Political Goddess, because if you want to know what's going on on the East Coast, Carrie Baxter Donovan knows. And we've had some great discussions over the years. Well, she since then has become what she terms a citizen journalist. And she has regaled us with a number of tales. She's written for any number of of blogs and interests in politics. Well, having said that, uh, let's see, October 15th. Yeah, okay. Well, this is dated October 15th. Maybe it's because that's today. But I think you wrote this article, what, three days ago now, Carrie? Yeah, it, it might have it might have had to get updated because um, one of the editors on the site, if if I get fact checked, they have to go in and change things so that it can get posted on Facebook. So okay, um, there might be a slight change in the article from one of the originals. I don't know. Somebody must have gone in there. Okay, and made a change today. Well, but I wrote it on Sunday night, Monday morning. Okay, mm-hmm. now. I, I have to be honest, Carrie and I spoke today before the show, and I said, I'd like to take this article, start with this as the foundation and go on, because then Carrie told me a story about the stories, and I thought, oh my God, do I have to get you on the show? Well, this is the original story. This is from... DJHJmedia.com, and that's David J. Harris Jr. Media. He's this guy that uh, got started up and now he's become very popular, a lot of hits, uh, great site to go to for news and whatnot. Well, Carrie writes for him now, amongst a number of other places. Her article got published by DJHJ Media. And the headline is this. This is enough to send some people 210 over 190, and it did. Uh Explosive update. CIA whistleblower exposes Biden's alleged role with the deaths of SEAL team 
claims to have documented proof. Well, hmm, let's go down to the bottom, uh, to the bottom just a little bit, because here's a stat, this just in, 43 shares, okay, views 382,000.6 views. And then something else happened. Well, I think I've set the foundation. Carrie Baxter Donovan, please take it away. Okay, so I wrote that article Sunday night in some time around Tuesday. I don't know exactly when it was because I wasn't paying attention and I had to be alerted to it. President Trump found it. Um, someone had picked it up. At that point, by, by Tuesday morning, a number of military sites had picked up the um, the article and had tweeted it out, right? So they had dropped it into a tweet, and they tweeted it out and said, check this out. You won't believe this story. Um, everybody look, something like that, right? And they tweeted out. Well, President Trump saw some, apparently, I'm, I don't know if someone sent it to him or if he saw it. I should be careful because I, I'm being monitored now, so I better be careful what I say. Somehow it came across to him, and he retweeted the uh, post. It wasn't from me. It was from someone else who had seen the, my article, put it into a tweet, and basically said um, – the tweet has been removed now, so I can't go back to it – but <clears throat> said, you have to, you're not going to believe this. You have to read this story. He retweeted it. Immediately after that happened, I had people contacting me on Twitter telling me, President Trump retweeted your article. So I want to bookmark that for a very good reason. I'm going to come back to it. It might be a while, but I'm going to come back to that. Okay. It's very important. People knew that it was my article. Okay. So anyway, he retweets it, and all of a sudden I see the numbers start to climb, and I, that's when I started thinking, what's going on with that article? Um, and so I'd gotten a couple of tweets, and I started figuring out, like, what? President Trump retweeted that article. So I then went onto Twitter and I said, okay, well, if anybody's reading my SEAL Team 6, I want to make sure you understand. I'm not saying that the whistleblower is accurate in what he's saying, but I am saying that it needs to be investigated by people who are smarter than me and have more resources. Okay, that's my point in the article, just in case anyone didn't get that from the article. But basically all the article is, is me giving a tr basically a you know transcript a partial transcript of a video that was made, and I had been bird dogging the news Sunday night. I was trying to find something to write about. I happened upon this video. In the video is a man named Alan Harrow uh, Barrow, I believe is how he pronounces it. It looks like parrot, and he is a falconer, and he had been in the Middle East for a very long time, 20 years or something. He is like the world-renowned falconer. Now, many people have blown that off, were blowing that off and laughing at it, but I'm going to come back to why that's important in a minute. But he was there, and he's talking to this guy who's a Benghazi whistleblower, who I had heard about before, and then, of course, Charles Woods, who is Ty Woods' father. Right. Ty Woods was killed in Benghazi. So to me, I'm like, okay, what is going on in this video? For for Charles Woods, he was really the, the hook for me of why I was interested in this, because he was very interested. 
in what was happening in this discussion. And basically the discussion was Alan Perot was saying, giving a little bit of his background. I've been there for a long time. I'm doing these things. I was this falconer. These are the things that I experienced, and this is what I know. No, he didn't make the point at the time, which I now know. The reason why that's important is because falconry is a massive sport in the Middle East. It's, it is where the rich people are. Right. So he was around them constantly. And then I went and found out the third article is about a movie that he put out 10 years ago, basically saying he met with Osama bin Laden five to six times. That story came out in 2010. There is a movie called Feathered Cocaine which basically lays out this whole story that he's going into in this video, okay? So there's nothing new in the video, except maybe one particular little thing, which I'll come to in a minute. But pretty much the video is like, okay, we've heard these sort of rumors. We know, and many of us who've been reading know that there's something going on with SEAL Team 6. The way that they were killed is, is suspicious. We're not comfortable with it. The parents have said, you know, and, and so this, none of this is new. None of this is classified information. It's tidbits. It's a dribs and drabs, and it's a little bit of, you know, hearsay. So, but they're making this video, and I'm writing an article, like, I'm watching a video, and this is what is being said. So Harrow, uh, Harrow is talking, to, you know, in his background. Charles is very interested, and he says, if I could get, and he says, I have documentation on all of these things. And he says, okay, well, if I could get the documentation to someone in the administration, would you give it to me? He said, yes. Basically, the documentation that they're talking about in this video is going to support this idea that um, that it wasn't Osama bin Laden who was killed. It was a body double. That's what he said specifically, okay? And I'm just writing out, like, and this is what he says in the video. And then um, the second point that I found that was very interesting was he said, and it was Biden who put a target on those SEAL teams because they said, put the radar down, the SEAL team six went in, and then the radar went up again. They basically couldn't get out. And so he's giving a little bit of these details, right? That's a slight change. And I think, I don't know this, but I think that that might be what's causing this big volcanic eruption is it had always been sort of, I guess, um, assumed that it was, instead, people said it, that it was Obama who put the targets on the SEAL Team 6. Well, that's what I picked up. I don't know if anybody else picked that up, but that's what I'm right about what I I heard. He said it was Biden who put targets on those backs, and he said it was Hillary, Leon Panetta, and Biden. Oh, and John Brennan, okay? And so anyway, I write this article up, I send it, I send publish, and uh, President Trump retweets it, and then people are uh, people knew it was me, and they're contacting me, they're texting me, and I'm like, oh my gosh, wow! And it has caused this whoosh. So just this rapid, rapid uh, reaction. Well, then the person whoever it was that dropped it into a tweet, their account was banned right away, like within a few hours, it was banned. I was not banned, but he, this whoever retweeted it, he was banned, and then. Um, I don't know when it happened, but the entire thing was removed off of the timeline. I had numerous people contacting me saying, where is that tweet? Because now they've heard about it. This thing went like rapid fire. What you see on that site, I think it's like you said 380,000 views. Mm -hmm. 
there are there are many people. There are probably thousands of people who have picked up the article and put it up on their own site. So I'm guessing that the reach that that article had, and then there's podcasters who are reading it to people. I'm going to guess is close to three quarters of a million people. Okay. okay, for folks who are not specifically facile with the text of the article and what it said and what it alleges, the first two paragraphs I'd like to go over. It says, in this article, there's a full interview of a CIA whistleblower, the guy who you named, Alan Harrow Perro, but it's spelled P-A-R-R-O-T, who is being interviewed by Charles Woods, who you already named, and Nicholas No, N-O-E. It surfaced on Sunday and shows the three talking about the alleged blackmail extortion of 152 billion U.S. dollars that was, quote, sent to Iran to cover up the deaths of SEAL Team 6 by the Obama-Biden administration. The next paragraph goes, Although we don't know for sure that the information is true, it's important to note that Perot, a former CIA agent, has extensive experience with the intelligence community, and he has stated that he is planning on releasing documents this week. Now that people have a little bit more knowledge about that, now, Carrie Baxter Donovan, please continue. So um, what happened from there was, and this was Tuesday going into Wednesday, um, people were contacting me, and there was quite an interest in this article. Um, and and it, to me, it, it's like, I don't understand why it's so bombastic because these are all things that we pretty much have known. Right. Um, but apparently this thing is now, so it's probably reaching three quarters of a million people. I, I, and that's just a guess. Cause again, I don't know. There are people talking about it. So anyway, um, then it gets taken off of um, Trump's timeline. I'm not sure how I have no way of knowing it gets taken down. Um, going into Wednesday, and I'm starting to get a lot of name-calling, and the left is calling me Q-tard, you know, and, okay, it's really over the target. The point is, it's really over the target. It is exploding, and people are waking up in a new way. They're telling me, like, I'm hearing this from people, and I had no idea, and I'm just kind of shocked. I have no idea how he found that article. Um, I... I sent it to my friend Barbara Flynn, who is General Flynn's sister. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. That was the last thing I did before I get a note that says, hey, the president retweeted you. I really have no idea how he found it. It's not a great article. But what has come out since, I wonder, the people who are making the video, the Nicholas Snow, he's a Benghazi whistleblower, okay? Um, oh, and by the way, fact check. I'm all over Facebook getting fact-checked. That was by Wednesday. It was taking them a little bit of time, by the way. And then it was like a 17-page fact-check on Facebook, basically saying none of these things happened, um, and and this is why none of these things happened. Now, we're going to come back to that in a minute. And I thought, well, this is crazy because it's none of the things that I talked about. Now, this is the second time in a week that they have fact-checked me and what they're fact-checking me on has never been investigated, okay? So, like, hello, how can you have fact-checking if there's never been an investigation? So 
So one of them is on Hillary. I got slammed for an article on Hillary, and I'll come back to that later. But I'm getting fact-checked. Facebook is telling me basically that I'm a conspiracy theorist. They're putting my name all over everything, like conspiracy theorist. And I'm thinking to myself, hey, wait a minute. How am I a conspiracy theorist on something that's never even been investigated? Okay, so you're like slandering me right now, calling me names, and you're hurting my professional reputation by saying that I write conspiracy because none of the things that they're accusing me of doing have I done in that article because all my article is about here is a video, this is what I'm watching. I'm not drawing any conclusions at all. So um, that starts to happen, and then um, and then the New York Post story comes out yes. about Hunter Biden's. Okay, right. so now my story is starting to, you know, I, I when I talked to you today, I said, I don't know if it, my story is a part of the bigger story. Well, I'm starting to find out that the FEC is involved with some investigations, and I had someone tell me it's because of your article, because that has never been investigated so how can they fact check you and ban you hundreds of people have been banned from reposting this article how can they fact check something that's never been investigated okay can i interrupt for just a second because i want to emphasize what i think and you've already pointed out is a really salient issue here that people need to understand what you were doing is encapsulating and please carrie baxter donovan correct me if i'm wrong you were encapsulating in an article information that was provided in a video that mm-hmm. you can access on YouTube from 10 years ago. Is that correct? In part, yes. Okay. Then okay, and what's the additional part as well then? I believe I believe what the additional part is Biden's part in all of it. Okay. Has been elevated from just like Slow Joe hanging out, you know, Joe Schmo just kind of kicking a can around to I believe what he did was he elevated Biden and was like, no, Biden had more to do with it than we had previously thought. I think it has to do with Biden because the information has been out there for 10 years. So the third article that I wrote was basically going back and saying, hey, wait a minute, if, if a stay-at-home mom in North Carolina can find the movie Feathered Cocaine, which is Perot talking about his falconry and how it relates to Osama bin Laden and meeting with Osama bin Laden, and a CIA agent says, yeah, Fox News writes an article about the movie and asks the CIA agent, hey, what do you think of this? And the CIA agent says, yep, that's pretty much it, and validates this guy. So if if I can find that, writing an article, a dyslexic stay-at-home mom in North Carolina, how could the CIA not find that movie? Okay, that's my question. So, so well, obviously, anyway. yes, correct. <laughs> okay, so I write the article, it goes out, um, then there's all this, then, then the New York Post article comes out on Hunter Biden, then there's all this other stuff, and then all of a sudden there's this you know, we're going to have Section 230, we're going to have hearings. And I went to a, an event last night, and I talked to a guy who does radio, and he's done some research, and he said, they were talking about your article in the Senate today. And I'm like, no, they weren't. Be quiet. Get out of here. Stop lying. Why would anybody write talk about my article in the Senate? Shush. Then I, then I talked to you today, okay? Then I was standing in line. I told you I was standing in line to vote, right? Right. 
after a little while, I started talking to the couple, the man and woman who were in front of me. We realized we're both Trump supporters, you know, because we're trying to keep it quiet. And then we realized, and the woman says something to me like, oh, hey, um, yeah, the truth seekers, they're the ones who get, you know, over the target. And, they, and I said, oh, yeah, I, listen, hey, I got that going on right now because people are texting me as I'm sitting here like, Here's another article where they're bad-mouthing you. Here's George Conway bad-mouthing you. And I said, look, look, this is what I'm getting from this article that I wrote yesterday. And her husband turns around and said, what article? I said, oh, this article I wrote is just this thing. I don't, you know, I'm not going to tell you. Anyway, I find out he had read the article. <laughs> and I'm like, well, how am I in a line with the guy who read the article? He said, it pissed me off so much. I called Tom Tillis, and I told Tom Tillis, you better go and investigate that right now because that makes me mad. And I said, wow, really? And um, he said, yeah, they told me they've been getting a lot of calls about the article. I cannot believe it. So do you know that President Trump talked about it tonight at his town hall? No, I didn't. Now, this is, oh, God. This brings it's up getting bigger issue. and bigger. I'm sorry. It brings up another issue. Folks, okay. did anybody or did you, Carrie Baxter Donovan, happen to see the town hall? Because it was it was a debate between mm-hmm. him and that NBC chick who I shall not name. Right. And if I you want to talk about that. interruptions, she interrupted him. Every mm-hmm. topic, almost every sentence. You know, that's got to be old. That has got to get so old. That and the white supremacist. Do you denounce white supremacists? Mm-hmm. God, that is so old. I didn't watch it because I was watching Tucker and I was writing an article about what I was watching in Tucker. So I didn't watch it. I thought, well, after I got to you, I'll go watch um, the, the the town hall. But I had a bunch of people calling me and saying, Carrie, they're talking about your article on the town hall. And I'm like, yeah, okay, see, so I'm like, you guys are crazy. Why would they talk about the article in town hall? It's crazy. So I did a show right before this, and they pulled up the um, they pulled up a clip of the woman talking about QAnon. I said, right, because that, that's what they're calling me, QAnon. I'm a QAnon conspiracy kook, and President Trump retweeted a kook who's you know, and they're making fun of me through Daily Beast, Forbes, all of these places because I'm a kooky conspiracy theorist, right? Um, and so that whole QAnon thing. There's a footage of uh, that clip where she's talking about QAnon. She then goes into the article, and she says, did you retweet this article that said, feel, feel team sick, blah, blah, blah? And he said, yes, I did. And I'm like, what? What is going on? He said, I did. I sure did. And he's basically saying, I did. And the reason why is because I can't count on you guys, the, the media, to get my message out. It was an opinion. So, you know, and I couldn't believe it. I don't know what part this article has or is playing, but you said to me you thought it might have to be bigger, you know, part of a bigger thing with the whole um, internet censorship that's going on. I mean, I would be shocked if this article helped kick that off, but there are a bunch of people who are telling me that, and I still don't really believe it, but maybe. I don't know. I, As we know... Timing is everything. And the other thing we know is I I ascribe most everything that's crap to, well, it's 2020. But what we're finally discovering, and I think, and I'm surmising, your part in it was a, 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 a confluence 
of facts pointing out once again, but really in a massive way, that the American media maggots cannot be counted on to tell you the truth. And moreover, we're living in 1984 in 2020. Because if there's anyone who's rigging the election, if there's anyone who is interfering with the election, it's all of social media, specifically Facebook and mm-hmm. Twitter. Now, of course, mm-hmm. if this show, after its conclusion, ends up still being on YouTube, I'll be surprised because I have had shows removed wholesale by YouTube and yeah, and, and also by Facebook. Uh, if this remains on Facebook after the conclusion of the show, I, I will be surprised. But this is coming to a head, and I suggest that... It's about damn time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's past due time. And as a matter of fact, um, might I suggest, and I'd like you to listen to this, Carrie Baxter Donovan, as a result of Twitter, Facebook, and perhaps part you, uh, this is what Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz from Texas dropped today on uh, folks that were listening. development. We have seen big tech, we've seen Twitter and Facebook actively interfering in this election in a way that has no precedent in the history of our country. Yesterday, the New York Post broke a story alleging serious corruption of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden concerning Ukraine. The allegations in the New York Post story, if true, indicate that Vice President Biden lied when he said he had never discussed his son's business dealings. That story, once the New York Post broke it, was blocked by Twitter and Facebook. Anyone who attempted to share it was prevented from sharing it on Twitter or Facebook. That's what a banana republic does. The New York Post itself, when it attempted to put out its story, was blocked on Twitter and Facebook. New York Post has the fourth largest circulation of any newspaper in this country. Never before have we seen active censorship of a major press publication with serious allegations of corruption of one of the two candidates for president. That was last night. This morning, the story escalated and got even worse. Did it ever. The New York Post broke a second story of a series of emails that indicate yet more corruption. In this instance, the Biden family receiving millions of dollars from communist China government officials. Just minutes ago, I tried to share that story on Twitter. And Twitter is actively blocking right now this instance stories from the New York Post alleging corruption and the Biden family receiving millions of dollars from communist China. This is election interference, and we are 19 days out from an election. It has no precedent in the history of democracy. I'll come back to uh, Senator Cruz, because he happens to be in that hallway with uh, Senator Graham making that announcement. Mm -hmm. But what I would suggest to you is, It all dovetails 
with the New York Post, with Joe Biden, with Hunter Biden, and your story is involved in that too. So if I could back up just a little bit, how did that YouTube, well, uh, let me not put words in your mouth. Let me ask a question. The YouTube video that was originally sourced, that you used as a source, the 10-year-old YouTube video, that, as you point out, anyone who was looking for it could find, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. That video you looked at, you examined. So how did that video come to your attention and and why was it that you thought that it's a a good time to write this story? So that for the third article about the movie Feathered Cocaine, I I actually saw it when I was when I go to start digging, you know, I'm trying to vet something. I generally just put it into Twitter and I see who's talking about what and I'll follow links, right? Mm -hmm. And so I had seen that there was a Huffington Post article about a movie, but I I put in Alan um, Perot, 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 I had put his name in Twitter and I pressed, you know, search and a purple Huffington Post thing came up about a movie and I, I kind of actually blew it off because I don't like Huffington Post. So I don't consider them a valid source. And so I just blew it off. Um, but then, what day was that? Yesterday? Yesterday, I think it was yesterday, but I, I can't see exactly. But I'm guessing yesterday I wrote, um, I got a note, I got an email. No, I'm sorry, I got a message on Twitter from Nicholas Snow. And I have reached out to Nicholas Snow, to the Anna woman, um, to anybody I can find who's connected with any story and ask them, hey, you guys are sending out a bunch of information, and they've made the comment. We have all these documents. We've given it to every media company we can find. We've given it to every senator. We've given it to every congressman. Everybody we can find, we've given all these documents. And I'm like, well, can I get us some documents? I want to see them, I, but I can't make that connection with anyone. Well, anyway, he sent me, Nicholas Snow sent me a message on Twitter and said, hey, can you write about this movie? And I said, sure. When I l- went to look at it, I thought, that's the article from Huffington Post. That's a movie that's 10 years old. So then I took the name of the movie and I put it into a Google search. And I started to come up with all these articles from 2010 about the premiere of the movie. This is is what really rocked me. They were all writing about it in 2010. The Atlantic, Fox, um, there were numerous articles. If you go look at put it into a Google search and you'll see. Okay, so it was fine to talk about in 2010, apparently, this movie. And in the movie, he lays out his connection to Osama bin Laden. There's a CIA agent who's like, yeah, this story is accurate. Everything's fine then, right? No one's getting banned. No one's getting their lives threatened. Nothing's happening. So why all of a sudden is it something different now? The Atlantic wrote about it. and had George Stephanopoulos in there, right? Like, okay. So there isn't, there isn't something bombastic necessarily about this story because we all know that Obama did these things. We know that Hillary did. We know John Brennan did. I mean, I'm just saying. That's, so that's the third movie or third article is about the movie. I didn't know about that 
um, during the first. I was just writing about the video in the first in the first article. So would it be accurate, Carrie Baxter Donovan, to say something similar to, you came across this in happenstance and then decided to do a little of your own citizen journalism digging because you had the Internet and why not? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, even if I if I read an article and I think, oh, hey, I want to know more about that. Or I want to write about that topic. It's inspiring me. I will go and do my own research and add to the article. Um, I'm never going to take someone else's, just take someone else's thing and write it unless I'm writing a transcript. So if I'm writing a transcript of a, of a video, a movie, I'm just going to write pretty much what I hear. Does that make sense? Yes. Right. But... I think maybe the point is you're doing your own investigation. This is oh, yeah. nothing amazing. This is nothing astounding. It's what I've said on this show well, for quite some time. It's as if journalists yeah. today are, are using an abacus and, and a chisel and stone, and they don't right. know we well, have not, the Internet. They're not doing what I call bird-dogging the news. Now, I bird do- I do what I call bird-dogging the news. And basically, I sit on my computer or my phone or whatever, and I search back and forth. And, and I'm sort of, I've sort of built a little algorithm in my own mind. Like, I know what I want to write about. I, I want to write about Marxism and communism. Those are topics that are very important to me. I want to try to educate people. So I sort of know what I'm doing, like where, where I want to go. But... Um, I'm just searching all over for trending topics. I'm I'm cross-referencing. I'm kind of a freak. I'm a little bit of a freak this way about the news. I've also been doing it for a long time, so I pull stuff from 20 years, 10 years, you know, politics, campaigns, whatever. But I search back and forth. I know what I'm looking for. So it's kind of like, you know, the harder you work, the luckier you get. I was looking for a story on Sunday night. I was looking for something specific. Um, I was searching the internet. I also kind of have an instinct about stories. So I'm like tuning into that. I mean, I was working. This is what modern day journalists or whoever these media people are. They're just given like, here, go write about this topic. They, They literally have no idea what's going on in America, what people think. Like I'm, I'm cross referencing polls and data and conversations with Pat Cadell from 15 years ago. And I'm just, you know, constantly is what I'm doing, trying to find a relevant story. And what I want to do, my agenda is do all of that and tie it together to dissuade people from communism and Marxism in a way that they'll understand, right? So if that all makes sense to you, that's kind of what I'm doing constantly all day long. But I was looking for something to write. I didn't just get it tossed to me. I went out looking for it. But there's there's a trend that goes along with this that I should care to point out. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned it when you and I were talking earlier today for about an hour or so. What I said mm-hmm. was, you have a history and have gotten... Most of your major articles, and again, correct me if I'm if I'm wrong about this, Carrie Baxter Donovan, what you would do customarily is acquire any number of press releases 
find information buried in press releases and make an article. So I said, you know what this sounds to me? Because you've been doing it for a while now. What you're doing is discovering information that is hiding in plain sight. Yeah, A press right. release can be read by anyone, yet you found any number of, of salacious morsels in these press releases that created articles for you. This mm-hmm. video from 10 yeah. years ago has been right. hiding in plain sight for anyone to discover. Now you did. Is that accurate? Yes, that's accurate. No, the but the thing is, I want to go back and clarify. Okay. There's two videos. There's two videos. The fir- the video that is in the first article that is a video that was made Sunday night. So that was a relevant new video. Okay. The video that's in the third, um, it, but everything that you said applies still. But the, the article, uh, the third article has the 10-year-old movie. So there's two movies. There's three articles, two movies. The first video was a video that had been made that Sunday night. So that was ju- that's why I was like, wait a minute, what is this new video? Okay? Anybody could have seen it. Anybody could have found it. Anybody who knew, I don't know if I want to bore people, but there's a reason why that night that that there was going to be a a video come out. So I've since found out that there was a number of QAnon drops. I didn't know about that, but talking about a video coming out Sunday night, I didn't know that. The reason why I found that video Sunday night was because there was a festival called AmpFest. And I know the people who organized that. I was supposed to have that on that team organizing that event at the at the Trump. So I said to myself, here's a whistleblower from Benghazi at Donald Trump Jr.'s event at a Trump hotel talking about putting something out. I bet you they want an article written about it. Okay. I was searching because I knew it was going on because I know the people. I was looking for an article to write that night. And then I knew when I saw it, okay, this is coming out of a Trump property. You can't tell me that they're going to let some crazy lunatic say, we're here at the Trump hotel with Don Jr. Right. So little things like that told me you're going in the right direction, Carrie, you're going in the right direction. You know, this is a video. Now I have, I was on a show just an hour an hour before I talked to you and they follow these people follow QAnon and they said, didn't you read all the things on Sunday? So no, I haven't read QAnon in probably a year. I didn't know that there was, they were late. He, they, they were telling me we were waiting for something to happen. We just kept waiting. We didn't know what we were looking for. We just kept getting these little hints that something was happening, something. And we were waiting and waiting. And then all of a sudden your article pops up. And it's in no way. So they were the first ones to get the article going. They had been looking as well. Let me refer again, folks. If you want to read the original article, go to djhjmedia, all one word, lowercase, djhjmedia.com. Mm-hmm. And Carrie's article is there. 
the headline, Explosive Update CIA Whistleblower Exposes Biden's Alleged Role with the Deaths of SEAL Team Claims to Have Documented Proof. Now, throughout this article, I should also care to point out that there are Twitter references from John Tig Tegan from Benghazi. There's uh-huh. the video that's in there from uh, Nick No. There are other Twitter references. There's information in there about that guy, Alan Harrow Parrot, P-A-R-R-O-T or P-A-R-R-O-T Perot, who's the CIA uh, whistleblower, talking to Charles Woods, who's the father of Tyrone Woods. All of this information is worth reading and examining and Kerry Baxter Donovan was doing nothing more than a what a Jeremy Hansen in Facebook chat said, look, a true journalist. And I said, yeah, as opposed to every other person out there who calls themselves themselves journalists, you have an actual curious mind. Most these days do not. The information is there. Folks, go read the article. Make your own conclusions, but we are now in a 1984 state where just to make reference to an investigation or to have an inquisitive mind is is verboten these days. And we're and that, seeing that, yeah, the results the of that. That's the story. That's the yeah, issue. That's the story. Mm-hmm. Your story has said something, you're making no more claim than, look what I found, take a peek Mm -hmm. at it, read Mm -hmm. it, go do an investigation. Where's your curiosity? Great. Dovetailed with the New York Times revealing information, not from anonymous sources. Right. and, And that is crushed. Your story is crushed. The fourth largest newspaper in the United States is crushed. If this isn't election interference on the largest scale imaginable, I don't know what is. So Ted Cruz started to come to a conclusion here, and then he talks about it. Democracy. The Senate Judiciary Committee wants to know what the hell is going on. Chairman Lindsey Graham and I have discussed this at length, and the committee today will be noticing a markup on Tuesday to issue a subpoena to Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, to testify before the Senate Judiciary Committee next Friday to come before this committee and the American people and explain why Twitter is abusing their corporate power to silence the press and to cover up allegations of corruption and let me be clear i don't know if these new york post stories are true or not those are questions vice president biden should answer but twitter and facebook and big tech billionaires don't get to censor political speech and actively interfere in the election that's what they're doing right now and so on tuesday the judiciary committee the full committee will be voting on subpoenas to subpoena jack dorsey to come before our committee that no. I, that is uh-huh. critical. That is critical. I think maybe I don't know. Maybe it's all because it is twenty twenty after all. What the hell? 
But I think this incident, in concert with yours, your article, taken in totality, may be the fulcrum that gets some of these senators and Congress critters off their ass and begin to re reexamine the roles of Twitter, Facebook, and social media in Section 230, i.e. revoke the crap out of it and yep. determine that these people are censors and mm-hmm. publishers and therefore subject to suit. To suit. And I will, will say, the way that they are describing me, they're defaming me. They're calling me a conspiracy kook. And I am very offended. And I have to tell you one um I, I love Ted Cruz. I was a little bit mad at him, the way he handled it. I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole, but I'm, I'm happy with him. Um, to hear him, I kind of felt like he was defending me a little bit. And, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be very objective, and I'm trying to say, you know, I'm just a little tiny. I'm a stay-at-home mom. You know, I'm, a, I'm a, just a mom in North Carolina. What could I possibly have to do with a story this big and, and, and important, right? It, I just can't believe that I have anything to do I play any role in it. I just, it's impossible. It's impossible. But when I heard that, I did kind of feel like, yeah, thanks. Because you know what? I get retweeted by the president of the United States. That's like a professional milestone. Thank you very much. And it gets taken down. I mean, like, I'm trying to build my career here and I'm shadow banned. I'm banned, I'm suspended, all of these things. I can't use the public stream the way that other people can. I'm kind of pissed off. I'm trying to say, like, you know, all right, it is what it is. You got to roll with the punches. You know, if you, gotta, if you only get three people to talk to, fine. Um, you know, do the best you can and keep talking and just keep your eyes on the prize. It's about America. But I'll tell you, I am pissed off. And Ted Cruz, I, I really like what I just heard right there thank you and um i i just the whole thing has been so weird but what i want to come out of it is i want people to consider first of all i'm not afraid of the left and they're being ruthless to me right now calling me names you know i can't respond here the feeling of having someone like jake tapper call me names on CNN um, would have scared me when I was a little bit younger and I would have cared, but they're trying to scare us with all of their, you know, their machinery, their leftist machinery, which I write about all the time. I don't know if they read any of my articles because then they would know that it doesn't work on me, but I'm seeing it all play out. So I want people to know, first of all, they're trying to scare us into talking, into writing, into defending our country. And we have to say no. No more. We, I'm sick of it. We cannot lose any more ground than we already have because it is now to the point where, like you said, they're squelching major – this isn't just a stay-at-home mom. I mean, like, who cares if you're going to squelch a stay-at-home mom? This is a major newspaper right before a presidential election. That's where we are in America today, and so Americans need to understand this issue, how it impacts them, what they can do about it. They need to hear from other people. Don't be afraid. Uh, I'm not afraid of any of these people, and I've been getting all the, you know, harassing phone calls. Who cares? We're fighting for the country right now. Um, So there's that. 
they've destroyed our local news. We do not communicate. What's the first thing in war? We talk about the OODA loops, right? The OODA loops. What is the first thing that they do is they cut the communication with, with they've, you know, they've scattered us and we have no central place to talk. And then we have not anything to share in our media. So anyway, it's very big. It's really important. It's impactful. It's, important that we overcome it and then to listen to what president trump said at that town hall what i really want people to understand is he basically said we're coming back stronger we're going to keep going go and listen to it and see what you think what i think he's saying there is that him retweeting that story has nothing to do with me i don't know what it has to do with the story even it could or couldn't but what he's saying is he's going to count on us to get out onto our platforms, we are the news. We have got to get rid of these stupid, like you said, incurious people who just, they're brain dead. I don't know what to do with them, but they can't have those positions anymore. We need to take them from them. No, that's so absolutely that true. It's like I say at the beginning of the show, you know, I'm done with bipartisanship and compromise. These people are out for blood. These people, I mean leftists. Leftists, Antifa, BLM, essentially, are the violent arm of the Democrat Party. They're doing the bidding of the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party thinks. The other aspect of it, although the Democrats have fueled that fire, what they don't yet quite understand, some people, some mayors in Seattle and Portland grok that concept. What they don't understand is once those fires are lit, Antifa and BLM and anarchists are tough as shit to put out. But this has finally gotten to the point where I hope, listen to us folks, this is Carrie Baxter Donovan in North Carolina, as I said in my blog, doing the job the American media maggots won't. This is me, a fat little ancient piece of crap, writing blog posts and having a radio show, and yet I am doing the job the American media maggots won't. Two highly important critical points. Wake the hell up, America. This is 1984. You are being gaslighted. You are being lied to your face. You are being told that you cannot believe what your lying eyes are seeing at this exact moment. This is a critical point in time for the United States. We either succeed and overcome all of this, or we go down the toilet. And as I've said before, Carrie Baxter Donovan, leftists and Democrats are like heroin addicts. And this is proof today. They can't not lie to you. They can't not lie to your face and then expect you to believe them. They are mainlining heroin. They don't have the ability to stop lying, and the Democrats don't have the ability to stop trying to bring this country down. With this today, with your article, with the New York Post, I'm hoping that 
people in politics, people all across America are finally starting to see the curtain is parting as, as to how in the tank leftists and Democrats have become ably abetted by a host of social media billionaire assholes and they are hijacking the election in the United States of America. This shit has got to stop. Carrie Baxter Donovan, last word. Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I still, you know, I'm a little bit in shock about the whole thing. Um, but last word is make sure you go out and vote. I sit in line for three hours in the sun, got a little sunburn. Um, go vote. We have to save America. And I, oh, I had a great conversation with uh, General Flynn's sister, Mary, and it was such a fantastic conversation. Cool. And talking to patriots, it's like, you know, we can't go to church. We can't go to the bars. Talk to some patriots. Fire up. Vote. We are not, we're in, we're still in this. This is not the end of the country, oh, no, by no. the way. I, I think, gonna, well, let me ask you, what do you think is going to happen November 4th? Frankly, I think Trump is going to take the electoral. I think Trump is going to take the popular vote. I think we're going to keep the Senate, maybe add one seat. I'm not sure. And I think we're going to squeak by Congress. And, and, I think so as well. And let me tell you this. It's, it's a given that Amy Coney Barrett is going to be seated mm-hmm. before Trump goes away, if he goes away, and I don't believe that he will. And because of all this control, let me throw this out. This is this is like chum in the water, folks. This is what, Carrie, I find glorious. Trump's had not quite four years, three years and three quarters, three and a half years. He gets a second term. He's a lame duck president. Lame duck presidents are kind of ineffective. What I'm suggesting is a Trump lame duck presidency. Oh, he's not going to give a crap what anybody thinks about him. Exactly. And if you think, uh, yeah, and if so you think that he's going to hold back from his campaign promises in a second right. term, yeah, you're no. insane. Because right. he's no, going to enable right. all the things that he's wanted to do for all this time, and if you think uh-huh. he didn't care up to now, he's really not going to care. And he no, is going to keep this country rolling. He will, and I have I have a little secret fantasy that's been going on now for, it involves Donald Trump, and it's been going on now for about almost four years. Okay. And that's that we're going to have public trials for communists and Marxists. And guess what I'm going to do? It's going to last for four years. And guess what I'm going to do every day for four years? I'm going to write about it. And I'm going to keep writing about it. It's like my little secret fantasy. You know, I think that he's going to win in a landslide enough that their voter fraud is just blown out of the water. We always get so afraid of with Trump, only with Trump, we get afraid and that everything's okay in the end, right? He seems to come out on top. I think that's going to happen. Their voter fraud, all of the little things that they're trying to do are getting tossed already. I don't think it's going to work. I think he's got a major landslide, and when he 
starts his second term, that's what they're afraid of the most because he has the people behind him who are fired up and we're ready. We're going to be there with them. Let me, if I can, provide some final insight into all of this. Use your American psychology in your training, your education, and experience, people, and carry. We know that, well, if if you're on chemo, what the first thing that they'll tell you is, if it's not hurting, it's not working. That translates to these people, these people leftists, Democrats mostly, are frightened to the point where after four years, nothing is working and Donald John Trump, the guy with a dead orange cat on his head, we have not been able to sink him yet. And make no mistake, they will try and are trying and are desperately attempting to do anything to sink him, which means they're trying to sink you. Mm-hmm. Which is why you must get out and vote. Any action against Trump is against you. But make no mistake, all of this is stemming from the fact that the Democrats right now are scared shitless. And they should be. Guaranteed. They shouldn't have done this. They shouldn't have done this. This is my, you know, wild Bill Donovan in me comes out. They should be. And we're not going to feel sorry. This is not, this is my, this would be my last word. When we have those public trials, I don't want to hear about, oh, boo-hoo, poor me. We cannot go soft on these people. They need to pay. They need to be publicly humiliated. They need to be dragged through the public square. We need to never be in this position again, ever. They need every tactic Marxist mindset that they have needs to be publicly shamed. And I'm not going to feel sorry for them because we've given up a lot. We have suffered for generations now. We're working on how many, but at, at least two um, with the crap that they have pulled. And so I'm not, I pledge that I'm not going to feel sorry for them when the time comes for them to pay consequences for what they've done. That's very serious. Folks, we're on the cusp of losing the nation when we lose, if we lose the nation, we lose Europe. When we lose Europe, we lose Western civilization. When we lose Western civilization, we will lose the rest of the planet and chaos will reign. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Carrie Baxter Donovan, anytime you break a story, I want you back here. Oh, you got it. I appreciate it. I really appreciate it a lot. So, you keep writing. Okay. You keep publishing. Um, let me ask you this before you go, though. Are, are you more active on DJHJ? media right now or are there other places that you're writing that we should know about well davidharrisjr.com picks up some of my stuff i think one of my big stories was over there today um 
but no, it's mostly David Harris Jr. and DJ HJ Media. Okay. Which is his other alternative media site. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, that's that. Do you also mostly place references to your articles on your Twitter feed? On Twitter, yeah, except for the next six days or five days or whatever while okay. I stand, but mostly on Twitter, yeah. Okay. By the way, folks and Carrie, did you guys notice that Twitter was down for probably a good hour or two today? I heard about that. And Weird. don't you think that's interesting, considering what occurred earlier today in D.C.? As I said, 2020 has disabused me of relating to anything involving coincidences. Right. Huh. Yes. Interesting. Carrie I'm Baxter. Have to write about that. Carrie Baxter. Yeah. Right. Carrie Baxter Donovan. It's ten twelve on the left coast. It's one twelve a.m. It is on the East Coast. <laughs> so thank you ever thank so you. kindly for staying up so late tonight and talking to us here in the saloon. God bless you, Carrie Baxter Donovan. Thank you God for being you here. Guys. Thanks so much. Okay, I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, ma'am. This is America. Social media is interfering in an American election. Eric Arthur Blair wrote about this in 1949, otherwise known as George Orwell, in 1984. If you haven't, read the damn book. This is from Pastor Niemöller. This is as applicable today as it was then. First they came for the socialists, and I didn't speak out, because I wasn't a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out, because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out, because I was not a Jew. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. Monsieur has been locked! Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, thanks for listening to the Bloviating Zeppelin's Berserk Bobcat Saloon, where I'm broadcasting live and direct right here on the SHR Media Network, behind enemy lines in occupied California. If I still have an account, you can find me on Twitter at BZEP, at B-Z-E-P. Promotional consideration is by the Lockheed Martin Skunk Works, and also by the Boeing Company. If it ain't Boeing, I ain't going. And also by Pratt & Whitney Engines Thrust. You can trust. Tiaras are by My Little Pony. 
Thanks to my personal KC-135 Kettle One refueling team. Oh, my God, with whom I will be consorting in less than an hour. I was singing. Thanks to Ken McClinton for being here in the first hour. Thanks to Carrie Baxter Donovan for being here in the second hour. Tuesday night, I'm going to have Eric Regard back. We're going to talk about his platform, Republican for California Assembly, District 9. We're going to be talking about the propositions. Brandon Straka coming on the 27th. Everybody quiet down now and get some sleep. Good night, everybody. Good night, Mama. Good night, Ben. Good night, everyone. Good night, Mama. Good night, Daddy. Good night, children. Good night, Daddy. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, John Boy. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. Good night, Jim Bob. What's going on? I was asleep. What's everybody doing? Good night, Good night Jim Bob. <laughs> <laughs> good night and good luck. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.